Michael Reed on LMFM. Reed on LMFM. Monday morning, the 9th of March. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. The number of coronavirus COVID-19 cases continues to rise with 33 people on the island of Ireland confirmed to have contracted the disease. Five new patients in Northern Ireland bring the total number of people there with the virus to 12, while two new cases were confirmed here yesterday, bringing the total in the Republic to 21. Both of the new cases are community transmission, which means they don't know how the patients became infected. The escalation of COVID-19 has led to the mandatory quarantine of a quarter of Italy's population, some 16 million people. In France and in Germany, gatherings of more than a thousand people are prohibited. Here, the HSE says it cannot dispute forecasts of 1.9 million of us catching COVID-19 or how that could result in the deaths of between 80 to 120,000 people in the Republic. The Cabinet Committee on the Coronavirus will meet for the first time today. Stephen McMahon, spokesperson for the Irish Patients Association, joins us. And a very good morning to you, Stephen, and thank you for taking the time to be with us. We are most truly in uncharted waters, and as a result of that, there is obviously anxiety and fear. And I gather that at this stage, uh, the efforts will focus on preventing panic to some degree. Indeed, Michael. uh, We are facing as a society um, and indeed, you know, in the global village, uh, a major problem that I don't think we've ever encountered the likes of it before. Um, I mean, on one side, uh, thankfully, health systems are a lot more robust than they were back in the days of the Spanish flu. And uh, the fact that uh, China did um, take its interventions earlier has bought a lot of time for uh, the health systems around the world, such as Ireland, to be able to um, prepare ourselves uh, for this. It is very stark. I mean, you know, whether it's 1.9 million, 1 million or whatever, Mm. uh, these are very large numbers when you look at the fact that even small percentages of serious conditions uh, ratchet up very quickly into very large numbers. So I think it's uh, important for us to... Uh, stay calm. We know that our current healthcare system before this uh, uh, onset um, has already been very challenged in our overcrowded ED departments and uh, the staff have been wor- working trojanly there over uh, the last uh, year or two particularly and we have discussed it um, before ourselves mm-hmm. on, on the show and um, you know so we really have to sort of stay calm and Follow the instructions from the health authorities, from various websites, um, from the HSC and the Department of Health. And uh, I suppose uh, some people will be a little bit sick. 40% of us are estimated under these forecasts uh, to develop uh, this disease, but some of us uh, will be a little bit sick, some of us will be very sick, and it could result in the death of others. And I suppose that is uh, where a lot of uh, the focus will be uh, now in terms of planning for this, and if we can keep people uh, Alive. In other words, do we have enough ICU beds? Uh, the government has made funding available to provide an additional 20 beds, but it's still very unclear as to whether that will be sufficient. Well, I think that, you know, uh, we attended the briefing session or engagement session with the Department of Health and their senior officials on Friday, and that did provide some, I suppose, uh, useful but very sobering sort of comments, uh, such as the fact that 
there may be some very difficult choices to make um, because of the fact that with the huge surge that that's being expected, I mean, this is not a winter time, um, uh, a winter surge. This is just, uh, would be a massive surge from the point of view that within a short number of weeks, you would have you could have tens of thousands of people um, all clamouring to get access to healthcare systems. And the, the other side of that is, which is of a concern to other uh, patient organisations, particularly that are looking after, uh, um, you know, cancer and heart and mm. uh, diabetes and cystic fibrosis is how will how will the services that are currently ring fenced for them will they still be in place? And the and the honest answer is that they may not be because uh, of the pressures that are in the system for those beds for critically ill patients uh, who are slightly ahead of others in the queue. And you know what we need to ensure is and it's something that we raised. Uh, quite a lot last week at different venues is the need to adhere to the World Health Organization's code of ethics for dealing with um, uh, epidemics and the department uh, confirmed on Friday that um, that they hope to publish a code of ethics for the way that uh, the process works from the point of view of the allocation of resources, uh, the need to uh, ensure that local communities and patients and all that have a meaningful Mm. way to engage in the decision-making process for what will be, at the end of the day, some tough decisions if things uh, escalated, uh, Mm. you know, to a point where you know, the whole of society would be at risk. And these are decisions that will be made by politicians. We'll talk uh, about the government and how we're in a caretaker administration at uh, the moment. I I think I said 20 uh, ICU beds. I think it's 25 ICU beds at a a cost of 20 million euro. Uh, But that will bring the amount of ICU beds in the country, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, to about 300. If we're talking about in the region of 80,000, maybe as many as 120,000 people who could die as a, a result of of this disease, that would seem far below what is needed in terms of critical care. Well, this this is the point. I mean, you know, uh, first of all, I think that that figure of 80 to 120,000 deaths, I think, is, is very, very high, mm. uh, that estimate. And I think that, you know, other other experts in that area would put the figure in at around about 20,000, 25,000. And mm. I'm not being glib when I say those numbers. I realise that each one of those numbers is a family, it's a, it's a grandparent, mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's an elderly person or, or, or a young person. That just because that 80% of people under the age of... Uh, you know, 50 or so or 60 um, will be able to just get a mild dose. Not all of them will because, Mm. you know, everybody can have chronic conditions that whatever age they're at and they would be vulnerable. So um, the the fact is that, uh, you know, it's not possible to press a button and suddenly create, you know, tens of thousands of um, ICU beds. And that is the challenge, you know, to try and ensure that we individually take personal responsibilities. I know mm. on a number of radio stations, uh, I was talking to one this morning where, and I'm sure it's the same with yourself, uh, where they're no longer doing studio interviews. They're now doing everything on the phone and making those decisions now, uh, you know, and also in some of the churches making, um, uh, how would I say, uh, rules about not doing the sign of peace and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are all small things to try and ensure that the, that the, that the virus is not passed on. The more we can delay the virus spreading even for a day or two means that the, that 
sort of surge that might hit in the emergency departments in the next three or four weeks uh, might be reduced and therefore give people a better chance to get access to those services that they needed. And um, so it's really incumbent on everybody. We have just put up on our site uh, this morning, um, Mike, uh, a, a guideline, a sort of a, a discussion document. It's really, it's not definitive, but it's a discussion document for, for people and families and, and, and so on to discuss a personal um, uh, plan. You know, like, have you got all your, uh, have you got all the details of your of your family doctor um, uh, handy? Uh, you know, the names of your consultants, um, your local pharmacy, have you got your prescriptions up to date? Have you got stocks of your regular medicines? Mm. And then, you know, for people that may be living alone, uh, to set up maybe with some neighbour or family member uh, routine phone calls, maybe mm. nine o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the evening, just to keep in touch with them, to let them know if there's anything that they particularly need. It's on our website um, uh, irishpatients.ie if any of your listeners want to have a quick look at it. But it's really just to start um, how would I say uh, individuals beginning to look at the realities of what uh, can be facing and there's no Mm -hmm. harm in being prepared. Do you remember the Boy Scouts uh, motto I think was be prepared I think was their their, their motto and follow the um, the advice from mm. the HSE and from the Department of Health on the whole issue of hygiene and what they're recommending to do and you know again this comes into a fact mm. I noticed yesterday socially people were sort of jokingly you know um, giving each other the peace sign rather than shaking hands yeah. and mm-hmm. elbow bumps and uh, you know even some attempts to do the famous Dr. Spock uh, sign in Star Trek live long <laughs> and prosper mm, so oh God, okay. you know mm, these mm, are small mm. things but they can yep. make a big difference mm. and we're in that sort of crisis mode that we've never been in before mm. this is way beyond just talking about mm. winter winter overcrowding absolutely give us that website address again Stephen uh, www.irishpatients.ie okay and you we'll might repeat that out there and give some of your listeners some of the points on it but oh like, absolutely yes, yes, yeah. 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 it sounds well worth a, a read and I'm sure people will be interested we'll read out that uh, address again uh, in a moment uh, and perhaps you. younger listeners might print it off for older listeners Absolutely. or older relatives, as the case may be. But you were saying that you can't provide critical care at the touch of a button, I suppose, depending on where you are or how a country has been ruled, because they did exactly that in China, didn't they, when they built a hospital in just a week uh, in order yeah. to deal with this. Uh, and uh, that uh, is part of what was a very slow response, which turned into a very uh, effective and all-of-government turbocharged response. Responses, I think it's uh, been called, which has brought the disease uh, under control in China at this stage. Here we're at the very beginning and we have cancelled one Six Nations match. Uh, The second one might be cancelled as a result of steps that they're taking in France to prohibit uh, meetings of or gatherings of over a thousand people. Uh, It may not. uh, That will uh, be seen in the next couple of days. Uh, But we have big events uh, within the next fortnight. Uh, St. Patrick's Day celebrations, the Irish Nurses Organisation, several medics uh, have called uh, for it uh, to be called off. Uh, And it seems as though it's all but inevitable that it will be called off. But the government is slow to make the announcement for fear of panic. Would that be your assessment of it? Um, I think that the, that the government are, are are waiting to hear from what experts say. But I mean, everybody, you, you, you still have to sort of feel what the concerns are of the general public. And the concerns of the general public, you know, and I know I can't speak for mm. the general public, but my impression in dealing with people for the last 20 years in this particular space is that, you know, the initial one is, is am I safe? 
And then is my family safe and my community safe? And to be honest with you, you know, when we talk about uh, 1.9 million people um, possibly contacting uh, or contracting this, uh, mm. this disease, um, if you're going to put a half a million people on a street, now I've heard some ex- explanations saying, well, it's out in the open air and it's not quite the same. Yeah. The fact is, those people are going to be travelling on buses and cars and, you know, going to pubs and restaurants and heaven knows what else. And yes, it's go- it would be a huge hit to the economy. Yeah. But I suppose the question is, who's going to go to someone if they've lost someone as a result of the fact that the, the disease got another foothold uh, because of the fact that we went, ahe- uh, went ahead with that? Yeah. This is not a killjoy. This is a matter of uh, ourselves as, as a nation uh, protecting ourselves and any of the visitors that come to Ireland. Mm. And uh, I would uh, certainly um, agree with Professor John Crown and the likes of Vicky Phelan and others who have uh, stood out there to say, really, we need to call it out, uh, call it off, should I say, and uh, maybe at some later date we can have a bigger celebration when we get through this crisis. Well, well, when will that be? But uh, even if it is uh, to go ahead and older people don't go, people who have cancer don't go or, or compromised immune systems don't go, will they come into contact with people who have gone to the parade? And if the parade is dangerous because of the amount of people, there is that argument that it's outdoors, so there's less chance of catching it. But what about other big events? Should we be following in the footsteps of Francis? and Germany and uh, prohibiting gatherings of uh, a thousand people of more and should other events like concerts be cancelled in this country? Well, I think that, you know, it, it depends on what the timing of those events are. You know, are we talking of something in the next three to four weeks or are we talking about something in a few months ahead? I think that really the key thing here is is to uh, watch very closely um, the, the spread of this uh, disease in Ireland um, on the daily updates we're getting. I heard some commentators or experts uh, either today or yesterday, things are happening so fast, it's hard to keep track of everything. But like, you know, we're almost like Italy was maybe a month ago at the moment. Do you mm. know what I mean? And uh, so are we going to see a reduction? Or are we going to see a steady increase? And if we see a steady increase, well, then those sort of decisions that you're talking about may have to be made. And again, at the, at the briefing meeting at the department, they were quite open and honest about, you know, not not sort of saying that this is going to, this decision is mm. going to be made, but they may have to make, and, and society, and this is why we need a solid government, yeah. we may need to make some tough decisions about, you know, uh, who knows if, if, if um, that, uh, Cork or Sligo or, 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 or Trim or Navin had to be isolated from the rest of the country and how, how can we implement that and, and ensure that anybody that would be affected in that way and would you, be provided with all of the necessary supports that they may need. Would you welcome the idea of a national government uh, as a resolution to the political impasse there is at the moment? We have a, a somewhat ironic kind of a, a situation in that the Taoiseach is about to head to America for St. Patrick's Day at a time where St. Patrick's Day may be cancelled in Ireland. Uh, we're facing into the biggest public health crisis that has ever existed and we do not have a government in situ at a time when we're being told effective uh, and unified government response is necessary. Uh, Is this the time for the politicians to come together and put aside their differences uh, and work in unity, do you believe? Well, look, I've certainly let it be known in some political quarters a view on this and it's quite simple. If all of the political parties could agree on the basic principles of Slauncher Care and sign up to it, the only thing they're differing on that is 
what part of it is it implemented earlier, the actual core issues and how much they're going to put into it. But the key thing here is that they were able to find an agreement on a very important document. We are now facing one of the biggest health crises that have ever hit, not only just Ireland, but the world, perhaps. And the thing is that, you know, a national government may be the best way forward to ensure that all aspects of a society are represented and that, importantly, that there's a strong uh, leadership in the way that um, decisions will be made. And tough decisions may be, but at least that it's done in a way that's fair, it's transparent, it's ethical, and that, um, you know, that if people find that they're unhappy with things, that there is a way for them to mm. have those uh, concerns voiced in a constructive way. What we don't want is to see people getting, um, uh, you know, looking over their shoulder at their neighbours or their, their local town or a village or whatever else and, and sort of saying, you know, uh, what's happened for us. We need to have it in a way that's fair and equitable. And in a way that's calm. You know, I believe I have a great faith in Ireland and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm around quite a few years, thank God. And I think the thing is that um, that we can work together. I mean, look at the history of the GAA and all the counties mm. and villages and, 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 and so on and the way that, you know, people bind together. And I'm sure that they're already uh, tic-tacking amongst themselves as to what they can do in their local community in a calm way that, mm. that you know, that we're not actually sort of getting um, panicky or anything else like that because that's not good going to serve anybody's interest. Okay, and that document you mentioned on your website uh, may help people, a, a discussion document discussion, uh, for people yeah. to have a, a look at on irishpatients.ie irishpatients.ie and it's in our resources section and you'll also get all the official links to all the Department of Health, the Centre for Disease Control in the States and the Health Research uh, HPSC in Dublin. Very good. irishpatients.ie Stephen, thank you for joining us here this morning. Stephen McMahon, spokesperson for the Irish Patients Association. Michael Reed on LMFM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.